0: Damn, son, where'd you find this?
1: What the fuck is up, Luscious Ass babes? Welcome back to the Luscious Liberation Podcast. This is your host, Lauren Allen, and I am here with my amazing one-on-one client, Miss Halo. She is a witch living in a hippie commune, an aspiring content creator, and my incredible one-on-one client who is currently taking Safe to Be Seen. She is so awesome that I just had to have her on and share her with all of you. What the fuck is up, Let's just Oh my God, Lauren. I cannot even believe I am on
0: this podcast that I have listened to for so long. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you, thank you. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Everything is
1: up. Everything is on the up and up. Yes. Yeah. Cheers mm. to that. Cheers mm-hmm. to that. Yep. Oh. So we got, th- we got our beverages. So everybody listening, did you get your beverage? Did you get the lube? We're all nice and lubed up because we actually were on a one-on-one call. So we Ooh. really got to shoot in the shit. So you were right, by the way, because originally I had planned to do the, the, this podcast interview after our one-on-one, but then we had switched it to before. So I'm glad that you did say, let's do it after. Cause I think that was perfect.
0: <laughs> well, I knew we would need to get all lubed up.
1: Yeah, so we're looped up and we're ready. We've got some juice coming at you because just before we hopped on here, a lot of the things that we were talking about, oh, you guys buckle up because it's about to get real in this motherfucker. We're about to go balls deep. So how does, so how does a witch end up at a hippie commune and end up aspiring to be a content creator? How does all of that happen? Do you think- <laughs> Set the scene for us, like paint us a picture, like what's up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I
0: found your podcast actually, so I was a dancer living in Southern California. You know, kind of before my witchiness really started, I was just a sensual witch, you know, and mm. loved dancing. It was really good for me for the first few years, um, and then I fell into some addiction issues. Um, it got, it went from, you know, semi-moderate, you know, to kind of manageable, but, and then a problem and started really hurting my relationships, really hurting myself and moving to darker, heavier substances. Um, and so I was seeing a psychic therapist Which let me tell you was not a good thing. Um, In the beginning, it was, you know, because I just thought she gets it. You know, she has crystals and we meditate, and she was okay at first, you know. And then, (laughs) and then I kind of watched her lose it. Um, She was channeling a lot and like these books. You know, she was writing these books. Oh well, she wasn't writing them. She was channeling them. (laughs) And so she wasn't being there for me. My addictions were getting worse and worse. Um, And I just came to a point where I'm like, I'm really going to end up dead or in jail which they say you know with like the dare program or whatever kind of education barely they give us the about dare program
1: didn't work it taught us all of the street names for all the drugs and paraphernalia it made
0: us more <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right right but the one thing they got right is that
0: you'll end up dead or in jail um or at That's least cool. getting pretty damn close or scaring yourself or hurting yes. someone else um and i just scared myself by getting into multiple frightening situations that just substances put me there. So um, this wild psychic therapist that I was seeing had connections to a hippie commune in the Southwest. And I originally went to go house sit for a really good friend of hers. So this is a person I don't know that I've never in a place I've never been to coming from this psychic therapist who's starting to lose her damn mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's putting it lightly to, cause I just, I, we don't need to go into it. Cause it was just so messy. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll get to that later. Cause it actually kind of ties into a lot of the stuff I know. Right. Got- it actually oh, does. Wait, this is actually yeah. how,
0: yeah. How people,
1: yeah. um, teaching things
0: or recommending things to people can get really dangerous. However, yeah. it ended up being a blessing for me, this recommendation to go to this hippie commune and house it for, this amazing human being, luckily it turned out to be the most kind, sweet, old man I have probably ever met in my life. Um, He meditates and he was so sweet, but he was only there for a day or two and she came out there with me to make sure I was settled and I was house-sitting his RV home (laughs) because this hippie commune is more like a hippie trailer park, okay? Um, you know, it's on a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere, out in the Southwest here in the United States. And, um, you know, so it's just vast desert. And I'm like, kind of like, Oh God, where am I going? But I show up and this meditation master is just the sweetest old guy and he goes out of town. So I'm there you know, um, sobering up, just getting a break from my life and where and dancing and substances and the people I was hanging out with just completely pulled myself out. So this very strange situation ended up being exactly what I needed. And in this part of the commune, there was daily meditation, meditation um in the middle of the community and a community kitchen and a sweat lodge and I ended up living with this old man in his trailer for 10 months he was super sweet he called me granddaughter we pulled tarot cards he cooked me breakfast every single day or at least told me what was in the cabinet and like what I could like fix really quick and then he would kind of start to cook it and like he was just So he helped me heal. I mean, he really was kind of an angel sent to me, I feel. Um, And so I decided, you know, I really like this commune. There's a couple of different ones on this big plot of land we live on. So I decided to buy a fifth wheel trailer of my own. Um, (laughs) Natural progression, of course. And move to the commune next door. Yeah, and I've been there for about a year now. So, oh. so in that time I wasn't dancing, um, COVID happened. I was able to just be out in the desert, um, kind of away from it. I was really blessed that my mom has been able to help me financially, um, because we chose this instead of rehab. It was one or the other. And I didn't think rehab was going to work for me. Mm. Um, that just a short period of time and then coming right back to the environment, I needed to completely break away. So that's how I got out there. Um, I've been living there for like a year and a half, uh, almost two years now. <sighs> And in wow. that time, I've kind of discovered witchcraft um, and gotten really into that. And I'm, I live in the nature. Where I live is so beautiful. I still use the Swell Lodge all the time. There's so many awesome animals and birds and plants. Oh, my gosh. Right now, it's in the springtime. Everything is blooming. It's gorgeous. So, coming so in tune with nature. I've always loved plants. I'm kind of like started to be a plant witch now and i'm into um, manifesting magic and candle magic and i've loved tarot cards and oracle cards and spell jars and uh, meditation i've loved meditation for quite a few years now um Yeah, that's kind of my story of how I ended up a witch in a hippie commune (laughs) and I love where I'm at. It's just wild how life takes you places, but um, I took a really long time off of dancing and just recently I started back up in the club. Um, They're starting to open up, you know, and be, um, you know, running, you know, pretty well now a year, you know, or more into COVID. So, <laughs> good year. It. Honestly, I just thought, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to try. And I remembered one of your podcasts, girl, and you said, I'm playing for the love of the game. did i feel that oh i put those clothes on i put those shoes on and i just remembered who the fuck i am and it felt so good to do it sober and i don't have it all together and i'm not perfect but man it feels so much better on this vibrational level than where i was at man it was like i could have died many times i was just being so dangerous and reckless with my one beautiful life on this earth and and damn, now I just feel full of gratitude for for everything, and
1: definitely grateful to be on this podcast. <laughs> yes, like that is exciting. Like when I was doing the intro, you were like, "I saw your face." I'm like, "This is fun. Like this is just too fun right now that you're on here." And now you have like an episode of your own. <laughs> it's just too perfect. Oh. It's so meta. It is meta. Like it's fucking meta. And the voice in my headphones, girl. Oh. And now, like you're. I'm the voice in your headphones and then you're the voice in your headphones too. Like, is that- <laughs> Listen, this is going to be like triple, triple meta. Yeah, this is like, we're, you're so deep. I can't even see you anymore. You're drowning in the meta. <laughs> it's true. I love this because I, as you were talking, I was kind of typing um, some ideas because that's what I like to do. I love the, the flow of conversation. And I had a lot of questions for you just because of, you've had this, really interesting and kind of crazy journey. And I'm the same way as you. And I think that's why me and you get along so well is because we just figure shit out as we go and things fall mm-hmm. together and we let things, it's almost like we let things become what they need to be. And we kind of follow whatever it is in the moment. And that's why I think me and you both kind of went into the darker aspects of things like substance abuse and drugs and alcohol and those different things. Cause we like to follow and flow and let things happen. But there's something really amazing that happens when you steer away from the darkness and that kind of go with the flow vibe. The and The synchronicities start turning good. It's yeah, so the synchronicities. Back up. Yeah, exactly. So criminal. I love like
0: manifesting.
1: <laughs> yes. I love that about you because I can really relate. Um, yeah. And it's funny. I typed out when you were talking, I wrote What has recovery looked like for you? And you pretty much answered that. And then I typed dancing sober and from an empowered place, which I really, really love those two things. Like you found your own way of recovery, which is exactly what I did too, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend for a lot of people because some Mm -hmm. people, it wouldn't work for them. There's not a lot of people that could be the level of alcoholic that I was and have a drink. Like I'm having a drink right now. Like a lot of, and Mm -hmm. I can balance it and manage it and that's what works for me everyone is so so different yeah it's very different different
0: happened to me this is just what happened to you just Mm -hmm. sharing stories i think just ends up showing people how many other opportunities there are because it can Mm -hmm. feel so bleak and boxed in like i thought i had to go to rehab Mm -hmm. i um of course my psychic therapist did not recommend that even though she told me that legally she should but that she thought the commune would be better, which again, weird and probably illegal and definitely insane, she's a wild person, but it worked out because I had the drive within because mm. I was so determined and I had frightened myself so much that I was like, no dude, I, okay, I gotta do this and I gotta go out there and I gotta mean it and I gotta be real about this. Mm. And and I really stuck with it. I was really isolated though, man. I was very isolated. Um, for full disclosure, though, I'm kind of a proponent of cannabis medicine. That's just for me, though. I'm mm-hmm. a proponent of it because there's a lot of people that it helps. But I'm not a proponent of getting high and smoking tons of weed and it's all you do every day and that kind of thing. Because even just CBD and things that aren't psychoactive or for sleep or taking a yep. CBD bath or like I take so many, many different baths. Um, yep. there's so I used to be a big smoker for medicine and- for truly medicinal purposes I do oh. think that it can be helpful for some people this mm-hmm. is still do your own research know your body listen to your own body not being some of those problematic people recommending things that they don't know enough about to recommend we'll talk about that <laughs>
1: later <laughs> oh my god don't get me started we are like i'm getting you started because i love this because this is exactly what we were talking about before we came on here and i'm excited to expand more into this um i love that concept of like recovery will be different for everybody and the thing Mm -hmm. is is that there's a reason that my company is called luscious lifestyle because Everything that I talk about, and everything that I do, and everything that I create—it's not like a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not like a throw a bandaid over a bullet wound. It's a lifestyle. It's something that you work with every single day, day by day, moment by moment, um, drink by drink, or toke by toke, or whatever it is it looks like for you. You know, it's—it's it's a lifestyle. It's something it's that you, you need to each person. Yep, it's your you know? lifestyle.
0: Yeah, it has to be for you.
1: That's one of the
0: things I respect about you the most and why you are the one and only coach I've ever hired. Um, You know, I'm no stranger to the coaching world, though. I've looked into it. They come up on my feed. I see the content. You know, I see you. Mm -hmm. I see them. And I chose you because you are supportive of and value and in recognition and, and honor the unique person and the unique process and the unique mm. lifestyle and that everybody's gonna have a different journey and there's too much cut and paste and copy, making copies of people and thinking there's one way to do things or one thing, one size fits all kind of prescriptions for enlightenment or sobriety or what, anything in between, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's just, that's just illogical. Yeah. And it ends up boxing you in more. And I think that's what scares people a lot about, and this can be tied to anything when it comes to, we could say dancing, we could say sobriety, we could say being a content creator. There's all these ideas of what that will encompass and what it will require of you and what it, what kind of person you'll have to be or become or whatever it is. And I think what you've proven to yourself that I've loved to see from you and my philosophy is that there is no right or wrong way. There's no one that you need to become. You already are you. And it's really just about you seeing who you fucking truly are and you taking that philosophy of I'm already whole. I'm already enough. And all I have to do is believe it and live that in my own unique way. There's no template. There's no right way. There's nothing that I necessarily need to do. And just because it worked for one person, it might not work for me, or maybe I do love what they did and I run with it, but it's such a unique and tailor fitted experience, you know? So, and I think that you, you're finding that and I love seeing you expand on it where you're like, there is no, there is no rule book. There's no thing I have to necessarily do. There's nothing I have to follow. I can have a bad day. Right. or I can have a fuck up, or I can There's stumble. personal responsibility that I think that
0: kind of photocopying method mm-hmm. of, of coaching and thinking and being mm. that it kind of, you know, you have to show up. You still have mm. to make the choices. You have to stay sober. You don't just get sober, you have to stay sober. Oh. Like Like using that as an example, like, you know, at work, I knew someone who had some stuff that could have been bad and I felt triggered and I had thoughts and I was like, uh Oh, this is happening. Who am I going to choose to be? That gave me a choice. And I was like, okay, I know what the one choice will feel like. It sucks. I've felt it before and wished I hadn't made that choice. So I'm going to leave. I've already made my money for the day anyway. It happened to have been a very good day. And even if it wasn't though, I know now because I did it then that I would have done it even if I only had $7 in the bag. I would have just left because I did. I left. And I knew that I would like that feeling more than a feeling that the other thing could have given me and Ugh. wouldn't have anyway. Oh my gosh. I felt so proud of myself. I immediately was like, Lauren, guess what?
1: <laughs> dude,
0: I felt that this is still, this is years later, you know, yeah. it's something, you know, it's, you know, P. have been through different programs. Like I've seen NA and their process and stuff. And like some of it, you know, yeah. And again, different things for different people. It wasn't for me, but I really liked some of the theology and something that always kind of blew my mind is you hear people talking about, oh, I'm 17 years sober, this and that. And I'm like, wow, can't even imagine that, you know, at that point when I was there, I guess that was just a few years ago, three years. I tried some of those meetings and, um, they say, like you know, it does. It stops, you know, becoming about getting high, and it's just like about you know fulfilling your life and what you need in your life. About that, but just a few years later, here it is for me. It's still about not getting high. Like I saw that, <laughs> and it was the choice. It was like, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! This is seriously a crossroads, and it just it felt so good to choose that that path that you know I'm on now and show up for who I am now.
1: Mm. I love, I love this because this is something that I've been saying a lot and it keeps showing up in my life. And then of course it translates because I think the people that I work with one-on-one it's, we connect on a really deep level and there's a lot that crisscrosses because there's a reason that you're drawn to work so closely with one person, you know, Mm -hmm. and I say a lot like, okay everybody's waiting for this big transformative mountain moving moment where it's finally going to click or like i'm going to have my transformative moment and it really is in the little decisions and the little day-by-day things and the little mundane stuff like a mundane day at work you know just like a regular day and you made this little choice like i'm just going to turn around walk away go home take my bag and go home and that little decision ended up being the mountain-moving, groundbreaking thing, totally. even though it didn't really, maybe didn't feel like it in the moment. And then after the moment passes, it's like, this has set the scene and has created that building block of trust and transformation in myself, just from that one little decision in the right, right? direction. It was
0: like, the decision was pretty instant too. I definitely was following my gut. No. And, um, <laughs> I just, it was instant and quick and pretty simple i was just like oh, i'll just go like i had been there for eight hours already i was really only gonna say two more hours and when i got in the car i was just like whoa that was a huge decision mm-hmm. if life is like a road map that would have been like a hard left okay. and this was a hard right yes. like, seriously and then i was feeling that complete different direction i was on after taking that hard right you mm-hmm. know and Damn, it was the right choice. That was a right turn. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And I feel up-leveled. I felt so happy, you know, because you're my coach. I get to, like, talk to you 24-7 on your Batman line, which is so amazing. <laughs> so wonderful. The best thing ever. I was so happy that I was getting to, like, oh, my God, tell you about this victory rather than, like, oh, God. So I was at work and this girl had the, I did the, and then now I feel like, (laughs) you know, it was so much better to like hit you up and be hyped that, you know, and, and then I really, yeah, I really sunk in. What a big decision just Mm. listening to that intuitive
1: feeling from my gut that Mm. uh, led me the right way. Oh man. Cause this is something we were talking about in our one-on-one session. And this is something that's going to parlay a lot in your content creation, like with your future podcast, with your future YouTube, you know, talking about your unique experience in recovery in your own luscious lifestyle and mm-hmm. you, you know, stepping into that and dancing sober from this empowered place. And we were talking about, that sensation of rebuilding trust with yourself because when you have made certain decisions or you felt like you followed your gut or followed your intuition in quotations when it was really actually damaging and it wasn't your intuition it wasn't your gut it's it's such a crazy feeling on the other side to now be reconnecting with that intuitive nudge where you're like oh shit like i can trust myself my intuition is always loud and clear and i can trust myself to make the right decision." And I'm just curious for you to expand more on that. Like after the addiction, after all of that, you're now reconnecting to that sense of intuition. And what do you, how would you describe that? Like, how would you describe that process? You know, we were talking about guilt yeah. and shame. Yeah, yeah. get to problem. gratitude, you yeah, know? Guilt, and- you know, oh, yeah. guilt is supposed to teach you
0: something. And yeah, I felt pretty guilty that I um, was in so many dangerous situations that, you know, I would have hurt my mother so badly if I would have, you know, Mm -hmm. passed away in some drug related issue. Whoa, like that would have hurt a lot of people that would have ended, you know, I felt there was a lot of guilt for being so reckless with my life. Um, guilt for who I was when I was doing, you know, bad stuff or shady stuff. Um, just, Just not being a good person. I didn't trust myself because I was like, not trustworthy. When you don't feel trustworthy, you don't feel like a good person. No, you don't have very good self-esteem. And self-esteem is on the hierarchy of needs, you know? Which safe to be seen totally talks about. <laughs> oh,
1: we need some air horns. <laughs> we need some air horns in this bitch. Bang! You're listening. Put the air horns in that motherfucker. <laughs> yes. Really
0: though, it's it's something you need, mm-hmm. and so if you don't have that, it's creating a lack within you, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the guilt is it's something to be experienced and not pushed down because that definitely is gonna mess all the things up inside if you push it down inside. But if you feel it and let it, you know, so I sat in the desert, literally physically detoxing and mentally detoxing all of this stuff. Um, And I didn't work, you know, I'm so blessed that my mom was able to help me financially. She made my car payment. So I was able to just sit out there and, think and process and get this shit out and cry it out and be alone and think about this stuff because guilt and shame and just like fear and anger and other stuff, their emotions are useful. They're there to teach you something. That guilt was there to tell me I didn't like that version of myself. That version of myself is not something to be proud of. I was being an ass. (laughs) I was being ridiculous. I was being reckless with my one and precious life. Um, And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't cute. God, it wasn't pretty. It was pretty messy and ugly and sad and frightening and a waste of potential Um, that now that I have self-esteem, I can see. God, I'm so glad that nothing bad happened to me. I feel so blessed that I made it out unscathed. And the guilt has lifted because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't need to feel guilty because I'm not that person anymore. I'm building back this trust with myself because I'm not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. I sat and thought about it. This is like adult time out. (laughs) This is rehab, this is jail. I mean, this is to think about, okay, or give yourself rehab, pick up and move to a new city or whatever it is that is gonna be your unique thing. To or, you know, if you need something like that, like you think about it long enough, and it becomes so awful, it's disgusting. I and mean, you really, your ego is just like off to the side, like, yeah, man, look at that. That was bad. I can't even help you here, man. That was, ugly. <laughs> yeah, the ego is even like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to want to change that. Yes. Look at yourself, change yourself, you know, think about it and then be someone else. You got to get back out there. Can't just live in the guilt and the shame and feel so bad that that makes you want to give up. Even though those feelings, of course, come up Mm -hmm. and are natural and normal, you know, to feel like, oh my God, I was so bad. I don't deserve a second chance. Heck yeah. You process that, go through it, move through it, feel it. And eventually when you stop being, you know, an ass or a drunk or a druggie stealing money or whatever it was, you know, it just, these things turn I like,
1: don't know anything about any of those things, by right, the way. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, none
0: of this, yeah, applies to me. This is all just hypothetical. Hypothetically <laughs> speaking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, these substances or habits, addictions, bad, you know, getting into a bad way, it brings out ugly sides of us. All of this stuff is very, it's, you know, it's your, when they say like, you've got your demons, like this is demonic, like this Mm -hmm. is really messed up stuff. Um, When you're not living that way anymore, magically, you really do start to feel better. It's like when you have a lot of anxiety, like when you start to relax, like. It can go away. Like mm. things can be managed. Things can be changed. Like your view of yourself, how others view you. You can feel really embarrassed. Like you talk about in safe to be seen, <laughs> that, um, you know, the, like some uncomfortable feelings can come up, some guilt for how you acted in the past. This is a good thing. It you're is. embarrassed about it because you're realizing you shouldn't have done it or you won't do it again, more important. Mm, this isn't who I want to be oh god I'm embarrassed of that those are why you have those feelings to teach you something yes To not be that way because it's gross.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, and it does. I love it.
0: That and just learn that and not stick with those heavy emotions of guilt and shame and self-deprecating. Oh, I'm not worth this. Oh, whoa, that's making it way too personal. That's taking it way too deeply, you know. And and you know, it's easy to do. I've done it. You know, it's natural. But just know that you don't have to stay there. You can just learn the lesson and be a better person and like move on. You'll. You will feel better.
1: Mm, I love it. I love it. I, like I, I couldn't have even said it better myself because you said it perfectly. It's true. It's they're tools. It's like feelings. It's like feelings aren't necessarily facts you know or your emotions don't have to be the absolute truth they're usually just your response to something they're like a response to something that's going on inside their response to something that you've done or something from the past you know it's not necessarily like the actual factual what's happening right now so the guilt and the shame it's normally it's it's something that happened in the past. Right. And just like you said, it's so beautiful when you look at it from that place of gratitude, that little circle Mm -hmm. of guilt, Uh shame, and then you bring it back to gratitude where it's like, well, thankfully I'm not like that anymore. It's triggering me and I'm uncomfortable because it's literally showing me who I'm not anymore. It doesn't align with me. When something is normal and familiar to you, whether it be like getting fucked up all the time, it's normal. There's no shame or guilt in it because you're just like, oh, it's normal. I love being fucked up. But when you start feeling guilty and shameful and uncomfortable with it, it's because you're starting to shift away from it and shift out of it. When you're stuck, just
0: signals to listen to, not something yep. to internalize and make it yep. mean something about you, which you always say, which is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Really, it doesn't need to be a part of your character now, like a a pillar of your moral compass, like this whole meaning about you. Like, this is small things. These are just like flags in the body to be like, hey, this doesn't feel good anymore. Hey, you get a little sloppy and it's pretty embarrassing. Hey, this or that or whatever it is. This isn't making you happy anymore. This is hurting your body. You're putting yourself in danger, whatever it is. I mean, Mm. any of these feelings, you know, they're all, you know, they're all with purpose, I I feel.
1: Yeah, respond
0: even if it just makes you think.
1: You know, it yeah. doesn't mean like,
0: oh, I got to change overnight or, oh, I've got to like immediately drop what I'm doing and, mm. you know, do something extreme.
1: <laughs> Extremes. To the extreme. It's so true. It's like, it's responsive. Like, and again, in Safe to be Seen, shameless plug, a lot of the work, and you're like balls deep in the work and then we're working on it one-on-one together, you know. It's really just about... The balance of things, right? Where it's like, oh, I have a human body that has capabilities and it has processes. I have a mind that has processes and ways of viewing the world and filters that it sees the world with. I have emotions that come up like nothing is accidental everything is on purpose everything has its place and it's really just about navigating it and balancing it all balancing being a human while also being a spiritual being while having like these caveman responses and caveman thoughts while also knowing that yes we can reframe and we can choose to believe whatever it is that we want. We can step into higher levels of consciousness, right? It's like, it's all one big balance. And what I think is so beautiful about all of this is that The moment that you stop running from the emotion or the shame or the guilt or the bad memories of what you did or the person you used to become, the moment that you stand and face it, that's something I say a lot and I say it a lot and say it be seen. I'm like, shadows are only scary in the dark, right? You see that fucking lamp and you think it's a Zodiac killer in the dark and you turn the light on and it's just a fucking lamp. The moment that your shadows are brought into the light, brought into your attention, the fear of the thing is always worse than the thing itself. And the moment that, and it's crazy too, like the, and I'm incredibly manic. I I experience like insane, like mania of highs and lows and depression and, you know, um, high highs and low lows. And it's funny because my childhood nickname is low, low. I'm like, no shit, man. High, high, low, low. But <laughs> it, it's really just the fact that I don't run from anything. and I don't try and dull anything down. And it's almost like, the, the emotions and the feelings and the experiences, they just move through me. And because I don't resist them and because I'm working with it, it actually moves faster. It's actually used as fuel and it's used for my benefit and the benefit of all, because it's not like something that's this awful, dirty, horrible thing that I need to run from or something I need to dull It's like, this is my experience. This is for a reason and for a purpose. Let me use it and let me experience it. And I'm not, I'm here to be balls deep into life. There's a reason people say that. I'm here to go balls deep. So that means full spectrum of human emotion and human experience. And
0: loving that experience, um, I wanted to add, yeah. Like not only can you choose to look at these things and shine some light on them, like you're saying, like, We can love these things. We can give ourselves love in these situations. And to go all over for a second, you know, vibrationally speaking, that's way more powerful and healing and on a positive level Mm. than, you know, guilt and shame. What kind of vibration do those things bring? Like what kind of blocks and tightness and unease and dis-ease in the body does that bring rather than looking at these things and with love and with reverence oh. for who you were back then and why maybe you were, you know, in such a rough place and mm-hmm. your trauma. And like, you know, a lot of the times we look at this stuff as something to dissect and heal and fix and get out of the way and get over. But what if we just like loved it? Oh. It actually helps in that process. Loving And in that cycle of like the guilt, the shame, and then gratitude for why it happened. It's like, can learn to it sounds wild but learn to love these really difficult things like i absolutely love the lowest low low point i got to because it brought me here mm. and because i can appreciate being here so much because i was there and i was there for a long time i really struggled for years in the club and out of the club and you know mentally with addiction and in difficult transition times in my life leaving a relationship um starting a new relationship and then the drug problems affecting that i mean all sorts of shit man everybody has their shit you know and it's still a process of working on it i'm not all the way there neither are you i love that you're real and authentic about that imagine that in this world of Fake coaches, <laughs> which we'll get
1: to. <laughs> They're like, break out the air horns for this one. It, <laughs> it's true, man. Like, that's why it's like, it's a lifestyle. And it's not like, and that's something I love too, is like, it's not that the work is ever done or like, take my course or do my coaching. And it's going to be this magical thing. Do my process. And it's gone forever. Like I constantly say, especially through safe to be seen too, where it's like your body, like you're going to have responses. Right. And it's all about being in reverence. Like, wow, thanks body for alerting me of that threat or thanks mind for trying to keep me safe. Thank you. Self-sabotage and guilt and all those things. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you thank There's, you.
0: Lessons, in There's there.
1: lessons in it all, you know, and it's really just about being in love with the process of life and being in love with the process of being a human being. Like this is all so uniquely human, right? Everyone's in such a rush to like reach these spiritual heights or be these amazing- Like it's a race or like- Yeah, bitch, we're all- Come get to the the (laughs) top!
0: We're going (laughs) to the hospital anyway!
1: (laughs) Why are we rushing back? Like we're supposed to be humans in our human experience. We don't got to rush anywhere or rush to any certain thing, you know? appreciating being a human, which means being flawed, which means being emotional, which means making mistakes. And that I, I just truly love that, that reference for the, the kind of like, I guess you could say the ugliness or the shadows or the whatever yeah. it is. And that makes it beautiful. It does. Yeah. And something I really appreciate about
0: safe to be seen is that you are anticipating and preparing people for kind of things that can come up, like, you know, not specifically because everyone is so unique, you know, but trauma can come up or anxiety can come up or, you know, other things that you talk about and just like guilt and stuff. And you've already set up like, okay, if that happens, here's some suggestions and it's okay. And that's normal and expect to feel this way because, you know, it makes me feel as someone, you know, doing safe to be seen it makes me feel safe. And like, you actually care about the process that your clients are going through. Not just like, okay, read all this stuff and good luck with it. Um, you know, like read all this stuff and this is how it may affect you emotionally. And if that's the case, know that it's normal and know that you're okay and still worthy of love and stuff. No, that's totally on some next level shit. I love it. The applause, please. <laughs> Seriously, yes that, that that makes it extra loving and caring and that shows your intentions as a coach and as a person who makes content and courses um yeah, I, I really appreciate that because it, it just made me feel like you were thinking like three steps ahead, you know? Like, this is heavy stuff. <laughs> <And> <laughs> going balls deep. And even with the lube, it's like, whoa! Okay, yes, I'm triggered. Okay, good thing she told me this was normal because, whoa, well, this is intense.
1: <laughs> All aboard the trigger train, baby. Ooh, bitch! Wait, we gotta talk about, we have to talk about how we even started working together in the first place. Because we yes. talked a lot about, I know before we hopped on here and I know we'll get a little more into that too, like about the spiritual bullshit, like people be mm-hmm. losing their minds. There's a lot of coaching industry bullshit and things and there's just a lot of stuff that I hate and that you also hate and that we both like it's funny because like I'm your coach you're my client but we're both like oh fuck coaches fuck the <laughs> everybody. and we're like there's, so, cool, and there's so many connections there's yes a- there's, there's, yes so cross so over it's yeah. it's really good to talk about all of this so I'm really excited but I want to talk about how we started working together in the first place, how we got closer. And it's actually not what I think a lot of people would expect. And I know really publicly on this podcast, um, I kind of trashed my old mentor publicly because you know what, it felt right. I still stand by that. To this day, I stand by the whole thing because it was necessary. Um, because the only problem that I had with the mentor is not that they fucked up or that they misused their leadership, in my opinion, or that they said something or did something I didn't agree with. It's that there's a lack of accountability. There's a lack of care. There's a lack of actual empathy. And it's more about like, excuse me, um, I'm the leader. I'm the coach. I'm the person. You don't get to tell me something. Right. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of coaches and people in online school, oh, Oh my god, my cat almost toppled this mirror. Luckily, I have cat-like reflexes, you bitch. Get out! Go! She just like was fucking with it and like- I almost, almost just saw you die. Like <laughs> Luckily, we're all aren't we all just mirrors of each other? But anyway. <sighs> <laughs> so we're all just mirrors, right? But yes, it's There's a lack of people being willing to be open to constructive criticism because they just take it as like, oh, you're just trolling me or you're just a hater or no one who's doing better than me is going to call me out. And there is like this weird ego thing that happens and I've experienced it. I obviously experienced it kind of publicly and the thing is that I've always found is that everybody has something to learn and everyone has something to teach. And I'm always willing to listen to my audience. There's There's been some people that try and come to me with some fuck shit. And I'm like, you're coming at me with some fuck shit. But I'm also willing... To sort through the fuck shit, because if there's someone that has something to say, or if they have something to call me out about, or if I know that I'm not always going to be the most articulate, I'm not going to always be able to account for everyone's experience. So I might fuck up. So I'm willing to, I'm willing to be open to that. So we actually started talking more and becoming closer. And eventually you became my client because you called me out very lovingly, of course, like very articulately and nicely about something that I said and like a joke that I made with like some sound effects. And it was very like crass and awful. When I went back and looked at it and listened, I was like, Oh shit, that was fucked up and really bad. And we ended up having, like, I, like, I even told you, I was like, Oh fuck. Like, I don't Endorse that I actually look back on that like shit that was bad you know yeah And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something huge
0: you know and I I do believe people are responsible for their own triggers and working through your triggers and learning about them and continuing on the healing process it you know I respect you so much that I said what I said respectfully and I was so, I knew you would take it with in stride and be just as respectful back. And I was not disappointed.
1: Go on. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, cause that's the thing is that, um, I, like, I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of things I do as a coach that like, I feel like a lot of coaches would not do. Like I've just, I, the, the shit that I do is so some of the shit's like unheard of. Like I, like I gave someone back like half of their coaching deposit. Cause they're like, I'm fucked. Like, please help me. And I'm like, most coaches would be like, <laughs> sucks. The money's mine or whatever. And I'll do shit like, all right, like I've got you, like I'll hook it up. But like, just know that like, this doesn't happen, right? Like, so there's shit that I do that I'm like a lot of people wouldn't do, but more people <laughs> should be. real, yeah. real yeah. life. Huge
0: pants is knowing that there's real life at the same and time. and Being like a person and not just like, no, I am my business. Yes, it's, it's so like true. no, you're a person too,
1: and you're in the business of people, so you should probably yes. have some humanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the empathy, right? And so that's why, like, when you came to me, and like, obviously, like, something had hurt your feelings, or I had said something that really hit a nerve, and you know, you trusted me enough to come with something and tell me about your experience and tell me why. Yeah, and I was I-
0: nervous. I was yeah, nervous. I'm like, hard. I respect her and
1: love her so much. I've well, been listening
0: to voice in my headphones for years now, dude. Yeah, and I'm just like, but damn, I really. That's why I want to say something, man. Yeah. And- Mm-hmm. And you did not disappoint. I, yeah. I, it made me trust you even more. It made me love you even more. It made yeah. me feel like you really practice what you preach and preach. Yeah. Meant in the absolute best possible way. You're my favorite preacher.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I sound a little Southern Baptist. Like sometimes I'd be hearing some like Southern Baptist preachers. Like, like we have like yeah, the vibe. I'm like we're playing in the same realm, same vein. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like I obviously knew that it wasn't like trolling. You weren't just like, hey, you fucking bitch, your podcast sucks. Like there's obviously there's a difference between constructive criticism and someone just trolling you or being a hater. Like there's a difference, but. You know, I went and listened. I like literally went and found the podcast that you were talking about and listened to it and like reassessed it. And then I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't really stand by that. And I actually appreciate you coming to me and talking to me. And we ended up having such a good conversation about it. And I learned a lot. And it actually made me kind of think from now on, where it's like, huh, maybe certain jokes I won't do, or hmm, maybe I should like think before I speak on certain things. And it's not that now I have to get into this vibe of like, I'm not allowed to speak my truth or I'm not allowed to be authentic. Yeah, people get
0: defensive in that way sometimes yeah. oh, I can
1: say whatever I want this is America it's like okay oh. but you're
0: you're like a lot of people so and they're listening oh. so um you might want to like keep them in mind yeah <laughs> there's just <laughs> but certain when, things yeah, you weren't defensive at all it just made me know that you just like you really live with that open heart like yeah
1: yeah and then it ended up being like at a certain point you were able to trust me more and then now we're able to work together even more and i get to have an even more profound impact on you and that that interaction taught me a lot because i've never really experienced that from a coach like it's always been defensive i'm better than you like even when i have lovingly approached people at different points in my life like i've never gotten that from someone that genuinely is just like i'm fucking sorry like I was an asshole for that or like, yeah, I don't stand by that. And I'm, I actually genuinely apologize. And there was something so cool that happened because of course my human ego would want to be defensive. And of course I would want to take it personally. Of course I could internalize it and be like, oh, that means I'm shitty. Or like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. and like, what? You don't like whatever. There's a million ways that we can take it. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a leader and if you want to be someone in the online space, if you want to have a platform, you want to be a coach, it's like, aren't you doing it for your people anyway? Like, why would you not listen to them? Why would you not hold that space? Why would you not just say sorry when a sorry is due? And why would you not? And isn't that so so much, you know, better
0: energy and so much less energy, you know, to just be like, Oh, okay, dude, I'm sorry. Like to listen there and hold someone in reverence. Isn't that the point Uh, to support people as like a coach Mm -hmm. and stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, just, I really, really valued that a lot. Yeah, it made me feel more confident speaking up for myself in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so good, and that's so that's so fucking cool. And that was something that really had an impact on me, and I know it had an impact on you. And that's why I wanted to talk about it because it was like something so positive came out of something that could have been really negative or right. This is the difference between like constructive
0: criticism and like trolling or hating or yeah. someone just having an awful ego reaction. When someone is just trying to give constructive criticism, hmm. there's like constructive criticism and then like taking it well or taking it yep. poorly. And then there's people who leave the awful comments and it's not really constructive or they're just angry yeah. and triggered. And you won't be
1: able to please them anyway, because they right. were for something. Right. Part there's or to this shit. <laughs> yeah, there's like levels and levels to this shit, yeah. like absolutely, yeah. So I think that that is a it's like it's such a good and again, it's like it's stuck with me like to this day where I'm like, oh, fuck. that was so cool, like that was such a cool moment, and it just upholds the kind of standards that I want to keep perpetuating because I know we talked about this. I'm going to do another podcast on this about why I'm just jaded as fuck with the coaching industry. And I've spent a lot of money and I've spent a lot of time and energy. I do believe in the value of coaching. Obviously, like we have a great coaching client relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, the way that I run my coaching business, I, I like real shit happens, real transformation life shit happens, but there's a lot of bullshit you have to wade through. Like, I'll be honest. There's a lot of spiritual bullshit. There's kind of like a lack of accountability. There's like a lack of true empathy, And another thing, I know we were really getting our gears turning about this in particular, which is why I want to come back to this, like popularizing drug use as Uh, a spiritual awakening or some kind of rite of passage in order to like become a millionaire or to become like some kind of leader. I want to bring it back to this topic because we were getting heated about it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So like I said before, I live on a hippie commune and Um, you know, not, you know, I don't own any of this property and land, therefore I am not legally responsible for anything that happens there. I just live around there. Okay. That's all I can say. And I don't, y'all don't know where it is. So this is all this and that people go out there to have medicine journeys (laughs) (laughs) and to go get enlightened and to basically, um, vomit and defecate all over the desert to put it lightly. Um, and it's disgusting. You could hear them screaming and crying for their mothers and vomiting violently. And just, I mean, there is, okay, in my, I get it, okay? These are spiritual barks brewed together into tea and they have this amazing effect, right? This is an ancient thing. Yeah, we've all heard about it now because it's been all fucking popularized. Um, And it's ridiculous to be prescribing this or recommending this to others without talking about the realities of it. I mean, yeah, let's go on a retreat together. Sounds beautiful. And the pictures on Instagram look great, but um, then you get there and it's actually out in the desert and it's the middle of nowhere and you have to poop in a five gallon bucket. What is so spiritual about that? Sometimes people are pooping for three hours. (laughs) More more. I mean, if, If that's what it takes to have this great experience, I don't know. I I just can't agree with it. I can't just subscribe to it. And I know that there's power in the medicine. This isn't to discredit, you know, the cultural significance of this. If anything, this is in defense of the cultural significance of this. Because someone in downtown wherever, you know, who just... They get it shipped to them because they know someone in where, I don't know, I, I do think it's appropriating and people aren't respecting the culture of it and people are profiting off of it. Um, you know, people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars to do retreats in someone's backyard, you know, because there's plant medicine there. Um, And it's not limited to just ayahuasca. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm totally just speaking from my own experience. As a hippie, I've seen it in the community that I live in and live in and just, you know, I'm not calling out my communities. I freaking love my communities. But in the surrounding land and area and just in the United States now, and I'm sure other places too, there's becoming this colonial version of... You know, doing plant medicine and it's not sacred. And if your shaman, you know, just smoked a doobie and he's like got a little beanie on and he's like 20, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it. I don't know. It doesn't seem legit to me. It's not legit. <laughs> it's true. You and get it's really dangerous. The reality of it is, it is that is, there's, there's true, true danger that can happen mm-hmm. assault and other things. And, um, even just financially, fuck, I mean, people get totally taken advantage of with this, with this plant medicine nonsense, and you're on drugs. Yes. And like we were talking about earlier, Lauren said, you know, um, the entire conversation would sound a lot different if these were different substances that we were all going on retreats to Need I say more? I mean... <laughs> People would lose their minds. (laughs) People would lose their minds and people would be arrested. Okay. But people are up here on a soapbox, you know, Americanizing or Westernizing, you know, doing sacred ancient plant medicine. And I, I just see a lot of problems and danger with it. I really do. And yeah, they have enlightening effects. I'm, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Psychedelic medicine and spiritual growth and development. Sure. But Can you meditate? Can you integrate those deep lessons? Are you going to be okay? Are you going to lose your mind? Are you mentally fit? I mean, there's tons of things Mm. to consider and think about. And people are just out here promoting it for, for what? Business purposes for marketing to look, to look a certain way to to fit an aesthetic. I mean, what, what, what do you think it is? I mean, why do you think that this, um, this facet has come into the, um, the coaching world so much? Mm. I mean, now I'm asking you the question.
1: <laughs> I love it. I'm like, oh, i like, <laughs> I kind of like this. No, I like
0: it. I like, Ooh. You're more in the coaching world. I'm kind of coming from the hippie perspective. No, oh, yeah. And it's like, cause it's, I'm like, how is it? You know, cause people are buying it. People are yes. buying into it. People yes. like it. They're getting the likes and the shares and the followers and the customers. So what, yes. what's the, is it like, cause it's kind of a quick, Get enlightened quick scheme, like
1: get rich quick scheme. This is a get enlightened quick scheme. I mean, when you- <laughs> get enlightened quick. Yes, I love that you say that. I love all of this. So I was in the hippie world before I was in the coaching world, and then now, so I have the hippie perspective and I have the coaching perspective. So I think it's interesting to see these things from my hippie experience come into the coaching realm. It is very fascinating. And, you know, I did, I did, we talked about that doing shit the old fashioned way, right? Like I, I was taking shit in the woods. I didn't know what it was. And I was doing shit. I didn't even know what it was. And I had a lot of amazing, profound spiritual experiences. And I've talked about them. Um, I did a podcast. I'll even link it in the show notes, the podcast I did, the pros and cons of tripping balls where I talked about, ah, yes. there are spiritual pros that I've had like very profound yeah very profound things that have happened to me and have helped me in my journey but there's cons when you permanently alter your consciousness there's a reason that you permanently alter your consciousness once you step through the door there's no fucking turning back and do you really want to be permanently altered and permanently changed you know my husband for example has never done any psychedelics and I tell him like don't Don't you're already woke enough. You're already good enough. You don't feel called to it. Don't do it. And it's funny that there's just a lot of times like in my hippie experiences that I felt like I couldn't have as much fun or I couldn't have as much of a spiritual experience if I wasn't absolutely faded, tripping balls, candy flipping the whole fucking night. I did not feel like I could really have the same amount of fun or reach the spiritual heights. And I think that that mindset is being brought into the coaching world where everyone's thirsty and hungry and fiending for the next up level, for the next big thing, for the next like big thing that's gonna make you like the unique, best, whatever. And these people that are perpetuating like, oh, I did mother ayahuasca and mother ayahuasca told me this and Cambo taught me this. And like, I purged this and now I'm this. These are people with huge platforms. They're multi-millionaires. They're multi six-figure business owners. So of course the people following want to emulate them. And so they're like, well, like, yeah, you, look up to them. So it's like, you're having this spiritual experience. You're making this kind of money. I, there's even one coach that literally said, mother ayahuasca helped me when my, when my following stagnated and when my, my money stagnated, I did mother ayahuasca and my following blew up and my money blew up. And I'm like, like, so you're attributing, just like in my hippie days, I attributed my spiritual awakening and all of these things to the drugs when it wasn't the drugs. The drugs just helped me get into a different state of consciousness, right? But hypnosis gets you into another state of consciousness, you know, going into the float tank will give you another state of consciousness, meditating, all of those things will get you into an altered state, you know? And so these coaches are perpetuating these drugs and these experiences and people are trying to emulate it because they're like, oh, maybe I'll be a millionaire too. If I do that, Oh, maybe i my following will blow up. If I do the things, even though it's not about the things. And I have to wonder and question these people that are claiming they're having all this spiritual enlightenment, all of these downloads and all of this guidance from these drugs. If you need drugs to give you guidance on your life constantly all the time, or you're constantly, you're constantly turning back to those times you were under the influences of those drugs I don't think that that's healthy. I think you probably need counseling or you need help because. Right. Again, what if these were other drugs? If, like imagine if we were what talking about again, heroin, if we're talking about meth, if we're talking about cocaine, bitch, we would have, because it's these sacred things. And yes, I am all for psychedelics. I'm all for, I know. Right, the they're going to legalize benefits. it. They legalize yes. an organ. I mean, yeah, there's, there's benefits. Like that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. To mushrooms, ayahuasca, DMT. All of those things right but i'm not constantly i'm not constantly turning back to oh dmt or oh acid there are certain elements and things i learned under the influence that have profoundly impacted me but i'm not constantly like oh mother ayahuasca mother acid or dmt like the, the last time you I mean ever did something DMT.
0: external, all the time. yeah, when it's
1: always you the whole time. So what was funny about all of this, this whole conversation and all these coaches, like attributing this things to the, the substances, which is actually a form of, I believe, substance abuse. If we're really going to get into this conversation, the last time I did DMT was the last time I did DMT because I had the, this kind of guide or this kind of thing come to me And I looked up in the sky and it was this beautiful moment. And they're like, you know, we're always with you, right? You know, you don't need to do this because we're always here and we always love you. And you don't need this anymore. Mm -hmm, And they're like, let this be your last time coming to see us this way and come find us in other ways. And I was like. Whoa, man. Like literally the last time I did DMT was for them to tell me that I didn't need to do DMT. These entities. Awesome. No, that, it's profound. No, there's yeah. so many
0: profound experiences that can happen like that. And yeah. what you're, what, yeah, that experience right there is one of the most profound ones. Yeah. And then you listen to it because some mm-hmm. people can't let it go. And then yes, no matter what the drug is, whether it's plant medicine or not, it's still a problem at that
1: point. Yes. You
0: need it and cannot stop. And you're not just taking you know
1: and there's there needs to be a healthy amount of skepticism right like something I've said a lot I'm like if you don't have a little bit of skepticism or you don't ever doubt yourself you're probably in a cult of some kind and you need to call your parents but (laughs) you You need
0: need to call yourself and do your own research
1: (laughs) yes yes and you know there's things too like Although I do believe what I believe and I do believe the profound experiences or the things that I see or the downloads I get or the guides I've seen. Oh, bless you. Um, (laughs) Bless them. I do believe they were real and I do believe in this stuff, but I have a healthy amount of skepticism because guess what? I was in an altered state of consciousness. I was under the influence of a drug. So I have a healthy bit of skepticism with what I've experienced. But these people are like, this is the ultimate truth. Mother Ayahuasca said this. Acid showed me this and I'm like, you need to have at least a healthy bit of, I'm not going to take, every, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt, because right. I'm still in an altered state of consciousness. And even though it opened me up to certain things, I'm not necessarily going to take everything like, like, you know, when you're drunk or when you're on Coke or whatever it is, like you think you're on top of the world. You think you're the funniest, smartest, brightest person. And actually you're just a little sloppy. Right. So Although you can feel and experience and be open to profound things on plant medicine, tap into, great, the, of into
0: the real life. And yep. I mean, it could be compared to religion. I mean, if people uh, people speak about religion the same way, this is the absolute truth. The every word in the Bible. These aren't stories. This is the truth. You know, instead of stories to be interpreted. Just using the mm-hmm. Bible as an example, but other things oh. too. Whatever things people have said. You know, it's just people interpreting it as or, yeah, I digress it's it, true the way people get up on the soapbox about it though is just an absolute truth and you must believe it to get on this level as well
1: mm. the dogmatic nature of it's, things it's, and it's yeah. a it's lot of the new the, age the
0: think and yeah and, the new and, age and yeah and yeah to use sacred ma- uh, plants you know that really are sacred to other cultures um and religions to use them as as what marketing fuel and, and business, I mean, and like mushrooms, even, you know, becoming legalized. I think that's great. Like it's that it helps veterans, PTSD, it helps people's depression. I mean, you know, psychedelic experiences can be awesome and helpful for people. I research and that's why legalizing them is cool. Um, and researching them is awesome. But people promoting, doing, I mean, you start. I started seeing it in California, like Silicon Valley, people microdosing now, like you've got millionaires and billionaires. And I read an article about that on like just some very basic, you know, common news site. Um, like what kind of messages have sent to people? Now you're going to get somebody going to, you know, just an app, you know, grocery store job, you know, microdosing mushrooms standing there in the orange aisle, like <laughs> these oranges, man. No, and it's- My microdose was too big. I mean, I just think that it sets a precedent that these things are just like openly accessible and like anyone can do it and you can do it too. And it'll be great oh. for you. And I think it's dangerous. And there's a level of personal responsibility where, yeah, people should do their own research. But you know what? People are influencers and they're influencing people. Mm-hmm. And we're, su- we're subscribing to it by having... The social media, and that's fine. Okay, we like influencers, we literally sit there all day and like them. So, we like this, we enjoy it happening to us. Okay, so we're subscribing to believing in this, right? So, that kind of means we're subscribing to believing what these people are putting out, or we judge them you know, oh, that post was stupid, or oh, I really like this person, I follow them, I like all their shit, I read all their stuff. So, yeah, when people like that start putting out dangerous ideas, people are gonna listen. Yes. Yeah. And it may, when people make things sound a certain way or make their life seem a certain way, like we we all are pretty familiar with the idea that, oh, yeah, people post their best life on there. And it's kind of unrealistic, you know, so we're already starting to try to, you know, hopefully break away from the fake image. But it's still there. still there. We all still see it. A lot of people still make it super fake as heck. And wow, does it look good? Boy, is it aesthetically pleasing? We love it. Man, we like that okay. shit. That's the one that blows up. You know, this and that. I mean, it speaks for itself. The truth is in the numbers. Oh, man. So, yeah, people are influenced by this stuff. And if you be. be being an influencer, I mean, yeah, and you have a big platform and you get likes like that, you're reaching audiences like that. Yeah, you have a responsibility. Like you've talked about before, talking about social issues and all the stuff that's happened in the last year and Black Lives Matter and stuff. Like, yeah, you have a responsibility to talk about it. I love that you say it. I love that you do it. Um, I like when other people do it too. You know, this, how could, you know, how could this be any different? You know, something so serious something that can yeah. potentially be dangerous. I mean, it, you know, it's not being dramatic. It's like, you know, being realistic.
1: It is, it is. No, I love it. Cause it's like a platform. Everyone's like, my platform is such a big deal, but then it's not like, it's fine. It's like, no, it's either a big deal or it's not. You either, right. you don't get to pick and, pick and choose. Or not. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose. Like I know that there's always people listening and always people watching. And like what I say, I do have a responsibility because like people do look up to me and that I do resonate. Or again, like I'm always in people's playing in their cars or playing on their headphones. So like, I'm going to take up the space and say important things. And again, encourage you to think for yourself. Like there's a reason why I frame things a certain way or bring certain topics up. Or I always like, I stay in touch with what's happening because like, no, we're not going to be limited by the like certain ideas. We're not going to be limited by what's happening in the world, but we also have to be aware of the realness and the the grossness and the dangers and the, the real shit, you know, like I believe there can be a balance and when it does accountability. come yeah, accountability yeah, accountability and everything. So when it does come to people popularizing um, substances that will forever alter who you are. I do believe that there needs to be pros and cons, not just like, look at all the spiritual. Like I I just remember. That's called glorifying. That's called glorifying drugs. (laughs) Yes. And if it was all people would be losing it. Yes. um, We talked about that too, about how we both have people in our life that took it too far. Either they did too much of it and got stuck or got fried forever or people that did it one time. And that was enough. To completely change who they are forever, and they will never be the same. And it's just an honest thing. It's not to scare anybody. Or if you are feeling called to some kind of plant medicine or whatever, it's just facts. It's real. It's something that. that you need to think. Like, am I okay with being permanently altered, permanently changing? Or never being the same. Am I, is it worth it to me? You know, and not just going to like Rhythmia or whatever the fuck it is that these people are pushing, going to like Puerto Rico or whatever and like joining their little clique to go do plant medicine. It's like, no, like it's not just a dick sucking popularity contest. This is your life. This is your consciousness. This is your spirit. This is your you mental state. you are You're interesting yeah.
0: others when you go and talk about it and promote yeah. it. And yeah. You're re- rec- you're basically recommending doing something, yes. you know, to your followers. And if you're calling yourself an influencer, you're acknowledging you influence people, like you're recommending something intense as heck. Yes. Again, shitting and throwing up. Like yes. it's not, it's Let's not a
1: five-gallon bucket together. Woo woo. Yeah. Or ah. you know, and I know like as someone that's done a lot of things, like I've had some bad trips that have yes. led to trauma and things that I'm still through this day, to this day, like years and years later, now what it's going to be like six years now, there's things that have happened under the influence of drugs. Sometimes there are external, external stimuli and things that will happen while you're under the influence and it won't be perfect. And that can cause trauma in your day-to-day, everyday sober life. So there are just certain cautionary things to keep in mind that of course these people aren't going to tell you because they want you to buy into what they're fucking peddling and what they're selling and for you to be just like them rather than you actually thinking for yourself and you know, and then it kind of comes back to the way that I sell now where it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to sell my shit anymore. Like this is the, the, the fucking, um, what is it? The gold, the gold scepter, like the Holy grail. Like, and if you don't buy my thing, or if you don't do what I do, you're going to fail. It's like, no, like, I want to encourage you to think for yourself and make an informed decision. Is it right for you? Or is it not only you can decide. And this is my story and my truth, but this is the realness behind it and the pros and cons. And you decide and think for yourself always, right? That's what I want for you. That's, that's it.
0: That is beautiful and
1: responsible. Yes. And my
0: last note on the ayahuasca situation in specific is even people trying to have an authentic experience and coming from this, like, okay, really genuine place. I don't want to be a douche and go to one of those retreats, or maybe I can't afford it, or I want the real experience. I'm going to go down there and backpack. Um, people in those other countries where this stuff comes from have definitely noticed the influx of young travelers coming through looking for a spiritual experience. There are fake shamans down there. People get assaulted, robbed, and worse. Mm. Um, that's all I'll say. Just know that even looking for an authentic experience, this is still a very dangerous thing to do altering your yes, consciousness is dangerous enough for all of the individual reasons okay let's call okay. that the mat like the minor okay but on the major level if you are going to another country that is dangerous already yep. If you are going to another country by yourself or just with a friend or who else, it's just dangerous okay um people have done those medicine ceremonies and been incapacitated and been assaulted had all their stuff stolen i mean it can be seriously seriously dangerous and if people aren't sharing all that information or people aren't looking it up they really might not know um so that's my last note on that um yes. definitely okay. do your research on everything and i am in no way um advocating for any kind of medicine journeys in this country or other country um my personal experience is all mine yours is yours i just felt like i wanted to say that <laughs> yeah. More legal like i'm inspired I'm like
1: legal disclaimers for the world yeah no like i
0: said before i'm a proponent of cannabis that's legal in almost every state now i mean and i think it's cool the research on mushrooms sure great i mean the research is great i think plant medicine obviously has lots of merit. It wouldn't be a hundred, hundreds and hundreds of years old, ancient sacred thing. Yep. If it did not have merit. That's, yep. it's a beautiful thing. It's just really a serious thing.
1: It's, it's really serious. Important. It's not, it's not something to play around with. Just like, right. just Which like why people can't really be recommending anything for anyone <laughs> else. If we're all
0: sovereign individuals, um, you know, it's, we're kind of playing in dangerous waters by idolizing people in the influencer follower dynamic. That is a dynamic. That is an energetic bond, um, which again is why I really like appreciate and respect you, your podcast, your coaching and your courses and stuff, because you keep it real. You're authentic. You completely were respectful when I respectfully constructively criticized you and brought whatever to your attention. Um, you know, I just made me respect you so much more because it is an energetic bond. We follow, we're literally called followers as fuck. Okay. We're called followers. so So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad we're talking about this. I'm glad that you are talking about this and the coaching world and the hippie world and the plant medicine stuff. It's all coming together. I can't believe it. I think it's crazy. It's happening. So we should at least be safe about it and talk about yes.
1: it. <laughs> yes. I love this so much. I like this conversation is just so full of juiciness. Like this has just been so good. I I'm so excited. This is the first podcast you've been on, isn't it? Yes, I broke your chair. So I'm your first coach. This is the first podcast you're on. We're busting all of the cherries. This has been so good. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, This is juicy as fuck. Like, I've so appreciated you being so open. And I know everyone's going to fall in love with you just the way that I have. Like, you can never love her more than I do, but you can try. (laughs) But that's fine. I am dropping, I'm going to drop your... TikTok and the show notes and your Instagram. So you have like the TikTok that shows a little bit of like your commune lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's interested in, I guess like in the commune lifestyle, because I know that that's becoming more popular and like people are interested in it. So you're a great, like resource for kind of seeing like, what is that actually like? Like, could I actually see myself doing that? Yeah. Um, and you're gonna start your own YouTube channel here soon, your own podcast, maybe soon, just about your experiences. And you are like an amazing storyteller and conversationalist. So I can't wait to see what you come up with, with your stuff. And, and with on you as my,
0: my coach, head. oh my God, anything is possible with you as my coach. Okay. I'm excited to see what happens too. Definitely stay tuned, y'all, because I have a lot of juicy ideas.
1: Oh, <laughs> so much goodness. And uh, in the show notes, I'm going to sh- uh, drop your special affiliate link and a special discount code for $100 off, safe to be seen, and a special link to use... For all of that, because be. safe to be seen is the best, and you literally it have is in a week, and,
0: and that's a nice deal you're giving. How mm-hmm. generous of you! It's nice.
1: <laughs> I say I'm just really. No, I love
0: it. I can't say enough good things about safe to be seen. Really, I I feel safe in safe to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just oh, start, man. I, I'm already feeling safer in my body, my life, my world. You know, I, I, and you know what? I am absolutely proof that you can be a free content Lauren fan for a long ass time, okay? I had not bought anything from you, girl, in um, a year and a half, at least, of or more, with me too. Okay, um, <laughs> I really wanted to get this, but didn't have the money. I wanted to do the coaching, but it didn't work. I wasn't ready to up level, you know. So I loved the podcast for so long, and your Instagram, and your stories, and your lives. And I just, uh, I feel so blessed now to be at a point in my life where I can be in your aura and be have you in mine and be up leveling. And oh man, safety be seen is absolutely such a big part of that it's oh. perfectly with our coaching I mean oh shit I can't I can't there's so much it's just so beautiful
1: <laughs> it is so if any of this hits and like I like I've been saying on my podcast and in all of my content if it hits and like you're really feeling it and connecting with it it's probably meant for you like if you're feeling pulled cool to it if it's resonating I uh, like the it's the proof is in the pudding like you just got to do it honestly <laughs>
0: I pulled the trigger finally and I'm so happy I did. Oh my god. Yeah, and you're just like killing it in every Oh it's going so good. God, I had, you know, just like okay, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna start this. It's gonna, you know, just like not anxiety quiet, but like nervous energy. And then man, ever since, just universe is like You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And you put big, you're putting big money up, bro. Like you're not putting like little money up, like you're putting big money up and (laughs) it's like, like, it's, it's insane. And you're just killing it in every arena. And you're just,
0: Oh, you're making me blush, girl. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah,
1: it's you're like, you did like a ballsy ass move. And, and it feels so good. I wanted
0: yeah. you for so long. And it feels, it honestly feels so good to put my money where my mouth is. Like I said before, I've never had a coach. Um, yeah. And I've been watching you from afar for a long time, just really appreciating that you do give free content. This makes it accessible for everyone. And it really helped me before when I was a broke bitch or when I felt <laughs> broke or when I was and felt broke. <laughs> or just had a broke mindset. I mean, yeah. so gosh, I listened to your podcast all oh, for so, oh my gosh. Yeah. So to be here now is crazy meta. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. It was seriously so awesome. I cannot this has been
1: believe so this. good. Oh my God. Oh, this is too fun. So keep up with Miss Halo. I'm dropping all the links. You got her special affiliate link. You got her special code. Yes, like, like it. the links. It's in the get show notes. Get it, get it, get it, yes. get it. Again, I'm twerking, but you can't say i getting it. Yes, <laughs> but you feel that. You feel the motion of the ocean and that shit. <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> oh. The preceding
1: is brought to you by Safe to be Seen available probably in the show notes and some other places. I don't know, I'm not really being paid to do that. In fact, I'm not being paid at all, but I sure hope you enjoyed it. This has been the Luscious Liberation Podcast.